and peace be with you. We have some announcements, and they are contained within your bulletin, and I will let you read them. The important one that I wanted to touch base with is in regards to a member who has uh, gone north from this location to the state of Washington, um, Ron Donner. We remember him, amen? And Ron, uh, since I'd known him, and even before, much before then, uh, Ron had a shoulder that was really painful, and I found out about that the wrong way. I used to shake his hand rather vigorously, everybody's hand vigorously. And one time I went in there and I shook his hand, he goes, ooh, and I heard the story. So if you had seen me greet him afterwards over the last you know, five years or so, I would come up like this and really gently shake his hand, and he'd laugh and I'd laugh, but it really hurt him. Well, here's the beautiful news. Ron has had his shoulder uh, worked on, and I, it was... The, the name of it is a little weird. Louis reported this to us and Daryl reported to us, but it's a reverse, a reverse shoulder replacement. So my mind goes, well, that could be convenient. You know, does it go the, you know, a doctor? No. Um, but, but what I think it does is it translates that our brother Ron, hopefully for a short period of more of pain as he heals, will be relieved from that pain and have more function, which is going to be uh, a blessing. And so to that end, Louie and Daryl have provided us with Ron's uh, address and contact information. It's out on the narthex. There's little blue cards. Won't you, and Ed's got one right there, won't you please take one of those on the way out and write a note to Ron, just a hey, we heard the good news, whatever you want to put on it, just uh, even a smiley face, just to say, let's flood that rehabilitation center that he's in with good news, of, of warm greetings and tidings, you know, in this season. Would you do that for Ron? Yes? Beautiful. Thank you. And all you people out there in TV land watching this, uh, you know, please pray for Ron. Um, he is a dear brother, and he could use it as we all could. So that's about all the news that's fit to tell, unless there's something else. Am I missing anything, Ashley? Susan? Anyone from council? Anyone else have anything they want me to? Oh, we had a pretty nice party last week. 60 years. Thank you for, again for everybody that helped. It was beautiful. And how about that baptism on Sunday? You know, there's, a, there's a, a book of sayings. I was thinking, boy, wouldn't it be great to ask people life lessons or sayings that, they, that have held truth to their life? And one of them, after watching that on video, I was there, but watching it on video, it's, that's why you don't give cats a bath right? That was really something, but we do serve a big God, and, and that boy is baptized, and that boy is clothed in Christ, and he is covered in his grace and marked by the cross. Amen? Well, let's get started. Thanks, Tim. My life flows on in endless Sweet, though far off, him that 
if you're able. <clears throat> we come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the, the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth it is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ. 
the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, by your bountiful goodness, release us from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our weakness we have brought upon ourselves, that we may stand firm until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. I'll be channeling Ken Yabuki today, of course. Any Ken will do, right? The first reading this morning is taken from the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1393. It's a short reading, but Daniel's fascinating. And in your Pew Bible, I think it's page 1369, there's a paragraph introducing Daniel, and it's worth reading. Uh, he's, a, he's a messianic prophet, meaning he prophesied the coming of Christ as part of it. He's, this is the same Daniel in the lion's den and all that, but he was, he was God's prophet, and he was well-respected by his captors in uh, Babylon. So, Daniel chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. 
Uh, we, we will read responsively Psalm 16, which is printed in your bulletin. This is the Psalm of David, and it's rejoicing in God's faithfulness towards his chosen people and to King David himself. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 11 through 25. And this can be found on page 1873 in the Pew Bible. Now this letter um, was not written by Paul, though it sounds like Paul. It was likely an associate of Paul or a disciple of Paul, a well-educated person, probably written to Jews who had converted to Christianity. And it's a reminder of who Jesus is and the purpose of his life, death, and his resurrection. Hebrews 10, beginning with the 11th verse. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Let us draw near to the God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience 
and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is indeed from Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 13, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1577. Mark records, as Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? And Jesus said to them, Watch out, that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and will deceive many. And when you hear of wars... And rumors of wars do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. And on account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. And whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, 
and a father his child. And children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. And everyone will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We have all heard that story before, that Jesus had finished preaching and teaching in the temple. And he will never visit that temple again. And as he leaves for the last time before his death on the cross, one of his disciples points out the beauty and the majesty of the buildings on the temple grounds, as well as the new construction in the temple area. And Jesus replied that one day, one day would come when someone would destroy the temple so that not one single stone would be left on another. And we know that the fulfillment of this prophecy happened in 70 A.D., when the Roman army laid waste to Jerusalem and they destroyed that temple. Herod the Great had started a grand rebuilding of the temple several years before Jesus was born. It ended up being about an 80-year project. And Every time that Jesus entered the temple from the day of his presentation until the time of today's gospel, there had always been new construction. In fact, the builders finished remodeling the temple less than a decade before the Romans destroyed it. The temple had a long history that stretched back to Mount Sinai and the instructions for the tabernacle, the instructions that God had given to Moses. The tabernacle and then the, t- the temple were the physical center of the Old Testament church. It was the place of sacrifice. And the sacrifices reminded God's people of their own sin. That is, that they were constantly offending God with their thoughts and their words and their deeds. And the sacrifices also reminded them of their Savior. The Savior who would come one day and save them from their sin. Now, As we look at the temple 
in the view of the life of Jesus, we see that the temple and its ceremonial law were shadows that pointed forward to the reality of Jesus Christ. Jesus, with his holy life, his innocent suffering and death, his resurrection, and his ascension were the perfect fulfillment of the prophecies, the prophecies and promises set forth in the teachings and the ceremonies of the temple. I will not try to say that again real fast. They were a foreshadow of things to come. And this means that the temple's job, the temple's job, hear me now, was almost over on the day that he left, never to return. A few days after today's gospel, the sky would grow dark. And as the Son of God hung suspended on the cross, and he would say, nay, he would shout in victory, it is finished. And then, he would die, and the earth would shake, and the curtain in the temple would be torn, and then the job of the temple would be over forever. And when we understand that the job of the temple would soon be over, we can understand why Jesus was more concerned for his church than for his temple. When the disciples asked about the future of the temple, Jesus talked about the future of the church. That is to say, Jesus' disciples came to him and they asked, as you heard me read earlier, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? Now, instead of responding with information about the temple, Jesus warned them about their own future. He said emphatically, See that no one leads you astray, because many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And they will lead many astray. Now, Jesus' words have been true for every generation from that day until right now. Did you know that? Have you seen it? Let me remind you. We have plenty of would-be messiahs even today. For example, Sun Myung Moon of the Moonies, the Unification Church, he claimed to be the messiah. Jim Jones claimed to be the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, and he actually convinced his followers to drink flavor aid. Kool Aid got a bad rap on that. But they drank flavor aid that was laced with poison. And do you remember in Texas? A man by the name of David Koresh of the Branch Davidians, well, he claimed to be the Messiah. And the Jehovah's Witnesses, they claim that Christ has already set up his millennial kingdom in 1914. I think it's Brooklyn. 
The Mormons have a living prophet as head of their church. And L. Ron Hubbard has started the Church of Scientology. Now the fringe cults and the sects seem to have enough false Christs to go around, but those fringe cults and sects, they are not the only fulfillments of Christ's prophecy in today's Gospels. No, they're not. Sadly, churches that claim to be part of mainline Christianity, they lead people astray. Ebenezer Lutheran Church of San Francisco, a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, openly prays to the goddess. Their version, their version of the Lord's Prayer begins with these words. And if you want to look it up, it's online at www.herchurch.org. I'm not making this up. They say, Our Mother, who is within us, we celebrate your many names, your wisdom come, your will be done, unfolding from the depths within us. Is it any wonder that the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America decided to begin all of this with reinterpreting the Holy Scriptures and ordaining homosexual clergy? And now they celebrate this last year a transgender bishop. The tendency for even mainline denominations to abandon the Word of God demonstrates the spiritual decay that Jesus spoke about in today's Gospel. After Jesus warned about the false Christ, he warned of persecutions. It is not enough for the false Christ to lead people away from the truth. No, they must also persecute those who remain faithful. Jesus warns that people will turn against their own relatives. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father will deliver his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. And at another time, Jesus even warned, the hour is coming, this is in John 16 too, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. Suffering, persecution, death. Why would anyone sign up for that? Why not give up and go with the culture? You know, well, Jesus makes a very short, simple, precise promise at the end of today's gospel. Did you hear it? 
He said, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Today's gospel began with the temporary stones, the temporary stones of the temple. And those stones cannot save. But there is a stone that can save us. The psalmist said in Psalm 118, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in his eyes. Now the temple authorities, they rejected the stone with extreme prejudice. They arrested him and arranged to have him beaten and crucified. As he hung on the cross, it looked like his end was near. As he died on the cross, it looked like his end had come. And as his cold body lay in the tomb, it looked like his end had passed. His suffering, his death was an end, but it was not his end. It was the end of our slavery to sin. It was the end of the condemnation and guilt that our sin earned. It was the end of death's reign in this world. For on the Sunday after he was laid in the tomb, he rose again from the dead. He rose to live forever. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Amen? The stone, of course, is Jesus Christ himself, the rock of ages. And those who believe in him believe in the only stone that lasts forever. They believe in the living stone who is the foundation of the new heavens and the new earth. New. The one who endures to the end is the one whose faith in Jesus Christ endures. That one who believes that Jesus Christ is the only Savior from sin is the one who endures to the end and will be saved. One more time. That one who believes that Jesus Christ is the only Savior from sin is the one who endures to the end and will be saved. All things on this earth come to an end. Today's gospel talks of the beautiful buildings of the temple. They have been replaced by a Muslim mosque. There will be a time when that mosque will also be gone. And eventually, even the earth, the sun and the moon and the stars will all be gone. And only Jesus Christ, the rock of ages, 
will remain to preserve us. And those who followed the false prophets of the world, the false teaching and teachers of the world, will remain without salvation. And those who endured in the one true faith to the end will be saved. In the name of Jesus, and only Jesus, amen. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast on Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day, he rose again. 
he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We thank you, O Lord, our God and Father, for all your goodness. We praise you especially for the everlasting covenant that you have made with us through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grant that every good work we do would be pleasing in your sight for his sake. Lord, in your mercy, preserve your church throughout the world and keep us ready at all times for your Son's glorious return. Lead us to proclaim with zeal his coming to the ends of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, bless all pastors and ministers and teachers of the word, that they may preach the pure doctrine of God's saving word, which will never pass away. Give faith to all who hear, that in Christ they may have the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, in your mercy, uphold all in authority, especially the President and Congress of the United States, our Governor and the legislature of this state, and all judges. Graciously enable them to lead according to your will and for our good, Lord, in your mercy, we give you thanks, Holy Lord, for the fruits of the earth provided by your hand. Supply the needs of all who grow, process, and distribute our food, and move us to share these bountiful gifts with our neighbors during their time of need. Lord, in your mercy, behold the sick and infirm, the dying and all in need. We lift up those who are in our hearts and on our minds right now to you, Lord. Grant them healing of body and patience to endure their afflictions. Lord, in your mercy, give repentance and faith to all who approach the altar at Christ's gracious invitation, that they may find favor in your eyes and receive his true body and blood for the salvation of their souls. Lord, in your mercy, Grant these 
and all our petitions, O God, for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your
Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened up the way of everlasting life to us. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This meal given by our Lord is all about you and his desire to be with you, to rescue you so that you will be with him forever in eternity. He did this for you. He did it for me by fulfilling what you and I couldn't do on that cross. 
Christ crucified. The simplicity of the cross is foolishness to a world that says there's got to be more to it than that. But for those who believe and find comfort in that, it is as simple as that and it is as unfathomable and wonderful and glorious as that. I know that's your confession. So I'll see you up here. Come, the table is prepared.
lesson today, but then there is some very wonderful simplicity to it, and that's that bottom line, that those who endure 
empowered by the Spirit, which they received in their baptism, those who endure and keep the faith shall be saved. All who believe God's promise, God's promise has been made true and dependable by what his Christ, his son rather, did on that cross for you. May that comfort you. Not only may it comfort you, may you share that in a world that needs hope. A world that needs the simple truth. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Tim. Nothing but the blood of
people 